Okay. Good morning, gentlemen. We're in a fascinating discussion that's going to lead to a lot of different halakhas, um, which is often the case. It's just interesting. You end up getting background to different things, how they work, why they work. Um, over here, the real question was um, about this word uh, ones. Uh, ones was uh, something that happened uh, before the wedding. Um, that uh, caused the delay, or could cause the delay, or uh, could prevent the sides from uh, meeting their obligations. Good morning, Rabbi Cohen. How are you? <laughs> Good. Yeah. You knew to start. We actually f- just um, uh, we finished early, so your timing is perfect. Okay. So um, we are. Uh, yeah. So we're three lines from the four lines from the bottom. And we're just trying to describe what the scenario was. Uh, we thought first that it had to do with the sakana, the danger. As we mentioned that there was a danger, that the bride was in danger. And we said that's really the, um, the, the question was the wording, whether the wording was the right wording to reflect that case. So the more now, though, is going with a new explanation. Iboy Seima, if you want, you could say, what does it mean, machmasones? Uh, what is the scenario where... Something happened that's beyond their control. Titani, like we learned, Shahayu Pito Afui. They were getting ready for the wedding and they already started baking. Vitovku uh, And they already shechted the, uh, they shechted the animals. They're already soaking and salting. They're getting the meat ready. There's certain things you can't undo. You know, you can't undo. Well, let's have the wedding a week for now. Let's, let's put the, bring the animal back to life. Uh, it's not going to work like that, right? So, and, the, and the bread is going to be stale by then. And you've already diluted the wine. Apparently, the wine had to be mixed fresh. You even see that at the Seder. They, had to, they, they used to mix the... They had a very condensed wine, concentrated wine. And right before they drank it, they would mix it. And um, they would have sp- people specialized, bartenders, who would mix, do muzug, would mix it with the, uh, you know, ha- and each person had their own style of muzug, of course. Uh, so uh, the wine was already mixed. And then, umes aviv shel chasen o imu shel kala. Then the, uh, the, the father um, of the groom, or the mother of the bride, and as Rashi said very specifically, these are people that are very important to the wedding. They both passed away. Uh, not they both, one or the other. In other words, that either the bride or the groom uh, is in a potential of Alus. And the problem is, uh, you can't have a wedding if uh, they're in potential of Alus. On the other hand, look at all the, all, you know, everything's going to be lost. What are you going to do with all that food? You know, they, they describe, you know, the, Scenario is like where the, the bride or groom gets cold feet, and so you got the wedding, so everybody might as well come and have a good... It doesn't work that way. Nobody's in the mood to eat if that's what happens, right? It's just not... You can't get rid of the food. Like, what are you going to do? It's a total waste. You know, the food's already prepared. So what do you do? So uh, the, the Mishnah says the following. Well, normally, uh, apparently the mace uh, you would have right in front of you and you would be saying to Hillam and you'd be Shomer the mace directly. But uh, for the, uh, the wedding ceremony, it's best if it's not sitting in front of you during the ceremony, you put it in the side room. And then you go ahead and you have the chuppah. 
which means they get married. Ubol bilas mitzvah. Now, uh, the, what we really want to happen is this. Um, it, it goes uh, up. There's there's a wedding, and, there's, and then there's a mitzvah to celebrate the wedding, and there's mourning, and then there's a mitzvah for the people to celebrate the mourning. It's not the right word the, to live the go through the mourning. Uh, the question is, who gets there first? Um, in other words, whatever is first pushes off the other one. If they're mourning, they can't have the wedding. But if they start the wedding, uh, then the wedding can come first, and it can push off the mourning. Just like if you have a yantuf, if a yantuf starts, uh, and uh, somebody picks a bad time to die, uh, guess what? We tell the morning, you'll have to wait till after yantuf. We're in the middle of yantuf. The celebration of the morning, I can I find a better word? The observance of the morning, we'll have to wait until after we get done with our yantuf. Because the observing of the morning conflicts, it, it, it assaults the yantuf. Meaning that how can you have uh, a holiday and people are sitting on low chairs and they're crying and they're... Um, it's interesting also, we're, uh, it doesn't fully work, but we're supposed to try to get a hold of our emotions. In other words, if a person has, Lo'olenu, uh, somebody has on, on uh, the middle of a yantuf, they lose a relative, they're supposed to not cry if they can, and they're supposed to say, all right, let's, now's not the time uh, to fully mourn, let's put that on hold till after the yantuf. That's what they're supposed to do their best at. So here also, the question here is who gets there first? They've, and they've already prepared the wedding feast. So we say, the, we're going to see that the morning starts uh, when they close the grave. Uh, we'll see exactly how that's defined. The, the, you know, when they put the dirt down or when they, they close the coffin or whatever. The morning doesn't start until then. Well, that hasn't happened yet. So we, it's not, uh, there's still time to preempt the morning and hurry up and put the wedding in first. That's really what we try to do. So the question is, what do we need to make them married first? Well, we need a chuppah. So what we're going to see is that also, ideally, they sh- the, the husband and wife should be intimate, or some people say the ability to be intimate. Uh, let them get married, and then the marriage will happen first, and then they'll be able to have the wedding. The food won't go to waste, and uh, they can celebrate the wedding, and then afterwards they can observe the funeral. So, um, and then it says, Ubo bilis mitzvah. The, um, hello? So, oh, I'm sorry. I, th- I thought you were, I had to run. Uh, I wasn't sure you'd make it with us. So we're just started. We're actually just started the first words at the top of the page. Dalin Amid Beis. Dalin Amid Aleph. 4A. And um, so we said, um, the, uh, um, uh, the, the, they have relations together. Now, usually it just uses the word Ubo. That's what the word bi'ila means, having relations. Here, there's a new, new term coined. The very first time the husband and wife are together, that's called bilas mitzvah. That's called uh, the mitzvah relations. Tosus, why does it use that word? Uh, it's the second tosus on the page. Bi'ilas mitzvah. Korile bilas mitzvah mishum diksiv kibo asayich. This is actually talking about Hashem. Hashem said he made us his um, his bride, but I mean in ain isha kars bris, it says that a woman only makes a covenant with a man lemisha osa osakli, uh, that turns her into a vessel, meaning that a woman is meant to be a mother, 
is meant to have a child, and she can't have a child until uh, there's a man first who makes her unable to have a child, and uh, that happens through having relations. He turns her into a person who's capable of being a mother and having a child. And so the, the one that makes her into a mother that helps her fulfill that goal, she cleaves to that man who, who does that, who, who enables her. And that's the, uh, that's the, first, the first, uh, first man who's with her. So the very first bila is not just like all other relations. It, it's, it starts a woman off as a potential mother or a person who's capable of doing the mitzvah of being fruitful. And so that's why it's called Bilisman. That's the history behind it. Real feminist statement. <laughs> right, okay. So, um, but anyways, uh, now, uh, the problem is, uh, this is where it gets interesting. Uh, even though they can't formally do the mourning yet, because they have to celebrate the wedding, but on the other hand, they are mourning. And this is uh, really what happens on when somebody's mourning during a yantuf. They push off the, the communal mourning until after the yantuf, but they're in private mourning. So here also, there, there's, there's a private, there's a public. There, there, p- people have to get used to what they do in public and what they do in private. So publicly, <laughs> they're going to celebrate the wedding. Uh, but privately, you can't take the fact away that they're they're mourning, they're crying. There there are certain rules that apply. So they basically we give them one time. In other words, we we hold off on continuing the funeral. We let them go in a separate room. They have a kopa and they do bilas mitzvah upirish, and then they separate from themselves. V'noig shivis mishta, and then as far as public celebrate, they have shavuot They have seven days of shavuot and then they do the seven days of mourning. Now, uh, what happens during the first uh, seven days? So we said publicly they don't mourn yet, but privately they do. Now, usually uh, relations are not in the spirit of mourning. It's one of those things that people abstain from during mourning. So during those days, uh, we want them to not have relations with each other, and uh, that's difficult. They're a bride and groom. So what we do is, All those days, he sleeps with the men, and she sleeps with the women. Uh, we avoid uh, having temptation during those days uh, to have relations. Interesting, because you would think that after the first time, then there's the seven days, another seven days, there's a period of waiting, Right. So I was wondering that, too. I was wondering that uh, today, in other words, uh, the, um, so um, t- um, they were able to, originally, they were, tra- they were knowledgeable of the different types of blood, meaning that there's, um, there's menstrual blood, and then there's the blood from the first relations. And they could tell the difference, uh, the, the sages and the people and they used to differentiate between, even in menstrual blood, which different types of blood. Uh, um, and so what happened was that, it, first of all, it's very complicated to know the difference of the, be able to tell the difference. And people started making mistakes. And so what we do now is we treat all blood the same. And we're also concerned that maybe one blood led to the other. And so we treat them all the same. And so 
we actually consider her a nida after she's had the first relations and had bleeding. Whereas in those days, it's possible that they wouldn't necessarily have, uh, of, uh, they were able to tell that it was just the bleeding from the relations and not menstruation that she wouldn't necessarily have started the, um, but I think that's, that's what it's referring to. But uh, either way, so uh, they both have to sleep separate. Uh, the Ein Mania now, um, what we're going to see is basically since they're celebrating, it's hard for them to feel that they're fully in mourning. And since they are bride and groom, and keep in mind, they waited a year. That's a long engagement. And they, it's, 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 a very, it's, a, it's a challenge for them to, when they finally are married, uh, to all of a sudden, you're married, you can have relations, but then stop. Everything comes to a standstill. And then they're sleeping in a room with the husband and wife who they're attracted to, and they waited for, that would be very difficult. So uh, therefore, we have them uh, uh, sleep separately, or, or we have a chaperone. Now, normally, when a person's in shloshim, they don't uh, groom themselves. They don't do things to take care of themselves. Uh, the men have no haircuts, but the bride, we don't hold back those 30 days. Uh, she's getting to know her husband. She still needs to look her best. The Davka, uh, now, specifically, we mentioned, so that was when we mentioned earlier the ones, that was the ones, something that's beyond anybody's control. Death doesn't wait for anything. It does not, uh, it's not something that anybody controls, that anybody plans. Anybody has a way to uh, make it happen in their schedule. Uh, that's, that's what I'm saying. Now, we mentioned before very specific relatives. There's nobody who can replace uh, the bride's mother or the groom's father within the making of the marriage. But if it was the, the other way, uh, then it wouldn't necessarily uh, block the wedding in the same way. Uh, let's see some Rashi's. Upirish, um, top Rashi on the page. The kavru esames miyad. So basically, they, they have relations, and then right away, they go to burial. And once they married, for them, it's like a holiday. It's a very interesting concept. A lot of people aren't used to thinking about this, but the bride and groom are celebrating a holiday. It, it's a regal, just like a regal seven-day, like Sukkot or Pesach. It's, a, uh, it's just like we have communal holidays. Sheva brachas are a holiday for them. It's, it's, it's seven days of celebration. And so their holiday starts. Uh, just like when you're celebrating Sukkot or Pesach, a velis, it can't interrupt that. So too, once they're married, the, uh, the morning can't interrupt. Let's continue. And they, uh, they will keep the, se- the seven days of the holidays. But, they don't have yichud together. Why? We're afraid the, uh, they might have relations with each other. And mourners, that's one of the things mourners are not allowed to do, is they're not allowed to have relations, husband and wife, during their time of mourning. And even though they're publicly celebrating noigu sinna. They do keep the things that are private, uh, that are forbidden. Dahainu um, Something similar would be Shabbos during Shiva. 
uh, when somebody's in shiva, they um, they don't publicly mourn. It's, it almost looks like the shiva stops on Shabbos, but they still do private things of mourning. So they won't. The husband and wife don't have relations on Shabbos of shiva. It's very similar. Um, Rashi next. Rashi ve'ain mona b'shvil avelis ain't osrinah la'takshitim. We don't forbid her to do her makeup, her 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 other things. Shilotis gana abalo because we want her to. Uh, uh, not to um, uh, not to uh, look bad in the eyes of her husband. Okay, back to the uh, back to the Gemara. Again, there's a lot of uh, a lot of our minhagim and a lot of the uh, the things uh, um, interesting things come out of these Gemaras, but we need to go back to Omer Papa Bar Rafram Bar Papa Omer Shanu. So this is really a very difficult thing to do. It's as much as they celebrate a wedding, they're really not celebrating a wedding. It's not ideal, of course not. It would be best for them to mourn and then have the wedding later. But we said they're, they're going to lose everything. They're going to lose the whole Suda. And the people can't afford to make two weddings. So then they're going to be crying because they have to make two weddings. You know, it's like they, uh, just imagine, I don't know anybody that's made a wedding, to try to make another wedding a week later and have to pay for another. You haven't even covered the... Sometimes it takes a, it takes a long time to cover the bills of a wedding, um, but imagine having to make one wedding and then throwing the whole thing away, let them sit shiva, and then make another wedding. Right? How how could somebody do that? So uh, therefore, we because there really is no other choice, we fall back on the biblical halacha, on the Torah halacha, and we push off. We we start the the days of celebration first. So Amr Abba, but this was not an ideal thing. He says that's only if it's too late, because we've already gone to a point of no return on the meal. That's where they put the water on the meat. They put the water on the meat, uh, and if they uh, they started preparing it, and you can't just put it back in the freezer. But if you didn't put the water on the meat, you could take it to market and it wouldn't be a full loss. In other words, even though they shecked it, there are people that buy shek, you go to the butcher store and just bring all the meat to the butcher store. He says in the big cities, you can, people even buy food that they started preparing. Some places only want prepared food, some places only want raw foods. Amra Papa Kfar in a in a smaller town, Afa even if you didn't put the water, you won't find it'll be a big loss. You won't find customers so easily. It, it really depends on can you still will it be a full loss or can you reasonably sell the meat's the most expensive thing. You know, if you lose a little bread, it's flour, and maybe it's not so bad. But if you have to throw away all that meat uh, that you shakta, it's gonna be a big deal, and there's no way you could sell it and make back it's like trying to sell a cooked steak. You know, it's good at the moment, but uh, two hours later, you can't sell it on the marketplace or anything. So what kind of city is he referring to? So That's a city. It's a little bit bigger than a krak. But it's not as big as a kfar. Again, there's certain villages. It has to do, again, with the commerce part. Is it big enough that they'll sell the meat uh, or, or that uh, there will be buyers for it, that are likely that it won't be a full loss. Let's bring a proof to Rukhista. If your bread, bread was baked, and your shechting was shechted, 
again, your wine was diluted, and you started to put the water on the meat. I'm assuming that this water is really like the, um, it's not raw anymore. It's like you put the marinade on. In other words, you can sell raw meat, what? Or stew or whatever that is, right? But you can sell, you, raw meat is how it's sold. But once you started your preparations for it, uh, you don't go to the butcher store and you say, well, it's got half marinade on it. You know, it's not, you, you want to buy it to use it however you do. Um, usually you put water on to soak it, uh, you know, to get rid of the, uh, but I don't think it's talking about that. Um, Rashi just says, once you put the water on, there is a Rashi, once you put water on, you, you can't put it and sell it in the store. It's almost like it's not, it's not pristine or whatever. It's just not... Um, it's already washed. Okay, back to the Gemara. Uh, so uh, let's bring the proof again. So then, then you put the body in the cheder. And then they have bilis mitzvah. Now, why can't they just have relations later? Why don't we even put that off? Some people say that that's really part of the chuppah. Many people say that the chuppah is really, uh, we have chuppah and the yichud room, but also some, uh, the, the real yichud is what takes place after the wedding. At the, uh, um, that's why some people, that uh, they, uh, the bride doesn't cover her hair yet until after they have rela- relations, because that's the completion of the being married. According to that view, that she doesn't cover her hair right away, it looks very strange. Because oh, she's married; she's still out of the chuppah. And then you have some people that they, they it's very they they do heavy duty dancing, and there's nothing that a ruin a brand new thousand dollar shaito than doing chasna dancing the way a bride does uh, with her brand new shaito. Not only that, she's not used to wearing it, and so she's very hard to enjoy the dancing when she puts on her shaito the first time. That could fly off. I don't know if that could happen, but it, it's just it's difficult. And so some people look for that heter not to wear the shades. Again, a person has to ask their rav and their different men hug him. But the reason for the heter, what do you mean? They're married. How can she go around with her hair uncovered? The answer is that the, the process of being married isn't fully completed yet. Uh, and that happens after Bilis Mitzvah. But if they did it like this and they had Bilis Mitzvah, she'd have to wear the shaitel. That's because the, they're they're fully husband and wife in all sense, but at any rate, but noig shivas yemeimishta. So then they celebrate the seven days of the parting back and noig shivas yemeivelus, and then they keep the seven days of mourning. Koloso yamim and during those days, who he's sleeping with the men, beishta yishena bein anashim, and she's sleeping with the women. Vekain nida, and the same thing would be if when they're going to get married, uh, the wife becomes a nida. And he didn't yet consummate the marriage yet. Uh, this makes this is a complicated factor that uh, happens occasionally in marriage, where the the wife isn't ready to uh, have relations with the husband because she's a nida, and uh, there's an unusually strong uh, temptation to again when a husband and wife are uh, waiting to be married and they finally have each other and uh, they're sleeping in the same room. It's very difficult. Uh, to impose on them uh, that they should stay separate. So uh, therefore, uh, then he, he uh, they usually, what they do today is they take a chaperone, they get a child to sleep with them or something. Uh, but he sleeps with the men and she sleeps with the women. 
you know, if they can go back to army camp, you know, and find a way to do it. Today, it's not so easy to find, you know, send her home with the women and hit home with the men. And they don't like to advertise that either. It's a very embarrassing, uh, challenging situation, but it's very normal part of regular married life. Uh, today, again, a lot of people use the pills, so this doesn't happen. Uh, but uh, oh, it creates... repeating itself again. At least we pretty much had this already. Um, so this version uh, talks about the water. That's what it added, that they added the water to the... That's what's new. The, he, he, he insisted that if you checked it, what's the big deal? It's not a full loss. You can still sell raw meat. Um, now, it, raw meat is still... You could lose money. In other words, it may not be the best day to sell. It might be... Uh, but you can still... It won't be a total loss. But if you put the water on, you can't even sell the raw meat. That, that, that was the version. And we don't hold back any of the tashitim, any of the the uh, the things that mourners don't do, any of the uh, the makeup and the perfume. And they don't have relations. Uh, now, either way, uh, this Loba uh, Erev Shabbos, they wouldn't get married on Erev Shabbos because then if she was a virgin, the relations would cause bruising, which we don't do on Shabbos, and we don't have on Matzi Shabbos either. We'll have to wait till Amid Beis. Very quickly, we'll find out why not Matzi Shabbos. Omar Marhu Yashim Bein Anashim Yashin Bein Anashim. We said that we seclude the bride and the groom, and we don't allow them to be alone together. Misayle Reb Yochanan. This is a proof to Reb Yochanan. The Omer Reb Yochanan. Alpha Pisha Omer Eina Veilus B'Moid. Now, even though we don't celebrate, we don't observe mourning during the holiday. Avadvar Shosin and Noeg. That they do the private things that nobody sees. In other words, publicly. It's, it's a very important concept. They, uh, Rabbi Salanter once, uh, uh, somebody was getting ready for Yom Kippur, and he sees him in shul, and he says hello to him, and he, likes, he ignores him. He's like too intense at that moment, getting ready for the face of Yom Adin, and he made him like, feel bad, like, what did I do? You know, this guy like, ignored me, my best buddy, who I hadn't seen in years, I run into in shul here Yom Kippur, and, he's, and he says that your face is a Rishus Rabim. In other words, that when you're in public, you owe it to people to have normal greetings no matter what's going on inside. There's the, the public, uh, um, a public scenario, and then there's private, and you have to be able to keep the two separately. So over here, publicly, these people can't mourn. The, the whole Jewish people celebrating a holiday, and so, uh, or, or they're celebrating the wedding. You don't do something that uh, puts a damper on the public uh, part of that. On the other hand, we understand privately what's going on. So they, they privately they do the private things, what's inside their heart. Dorn uh, Shosit over here it means they don't have relations. It is debatable, but that's that's what we said. This is a proof that they even though they don't start their morning, that's public morning, the private morning, they actually start right away and they uh, mourners don't have relations. Dorishab Yosebrahimishmadeshlobo. This, that they're not allowed to be alone together, is if they didn't have relations once. Abu Bol, if they had relations once, then they're allowed to be together. Um, because the, then, uh, first of all, under, under normal circumstances, uh, they'll be allowed to be together afterwards, and so they can, uh, they can wait. And uh, the Rashi said that the, the, apparently the very first time the talk of Yitzra, it's unusually strong, Yitzhahara, the, uh, the, you know. Also, people don't think of mourning as being such a big deal, as being a restriction. In other words, 
why can't they have relations? He loves her so much, and she loves him, and they waited so long. Well, they're supposed to be sad. All right, they'll be sad, but they don't, they don't think of mourning as being a real halacha. And so the Yetzirah will convince them that, um, no, these, there, are, there are rules of mourning, but they, especially in their minds, they had a wedding and they're celebrating Shevet Brachos, they don't realize that mourning is still very, very important. So we keep them separate. So that's only if they never had relation. But if they had, so Morris says, is that true? Over here, our case was they did have relations. Didn't that imply that they uh, do, even if they had relations once, they need to be separate? Uh, and the more answers, no. That's referring to if they never had the first relations. If they were able to have relations, then they do not, um, uh, then they, uh, uh, do not need to sleep separate. Um, yeah, the uh, Morris says, "I Didn't it say, and also uh, that that's not our. There's two cases. One is when they're mourning, and one. So again, the case when they're mourning, they had the first relations, and then there's the other case where the woman became Anita, and they didn't have any relations. So how can we say the case where they were mourning? Uh, um, uh, the reason they sleep separate is because she became Anita. That's not the case. It's two separate cases. So as we turn the page, we figure it out. This is what it means to say. And also a separate case. And they never had relations. So who? Then they sleep separate. So the Morris seems to say, does that teach you? Um... What's stronger, the laws of Avelis or the laws of Nida? Nida is the laws of a husband um, uh, being away from the wife when she's menstruating. Now, not only are they not allowed to have relations, they're not allowed to do anything that could lead them into relations. Uh, there are certain forms of endearment that uh, bring on, on the mood to have relations. And during a time when a husband and wife, uh, when are, uh, she's a nida, they don't do those things. So uh, do we mean to say that Avelis isn't as strong as though during uh, the laws of Avelis, we allow them to do those? Now, there's, there's two separate things. A man isn't supposed to be together with a wife during the time when she's a nida, and he's not supposed to be together with a wife when they're in mourning. And both of them are violations. And both of them have rules. So we would have assumed that they're the same rules. But no, the Gemara is saying, it's, we seem to be saying that Avelis, the sin of being together with a wife or the restrictions that we put on mourners are not as severe as the restrictions that we put on somebody during Nida. Is that true? Do we mean to say that the restrictions of mourning are not, uh, the restrictions that we keep mourners away from their spouses is not as strict as the restrictions that we would keep on a husband and wife during Nida. The rule is, so all those things that a woman normally does for the husband, Nida Osilabala, a woman during the time that she's in menstruation, she can also do for the husband. There's still husband and wife, uh, but the, the exceptions are Mizigas uh, hakos, the the mixing of the cup, bringing they they when somebody has a cup of wine, uh, they used to as we mentioned they used to blend it, 
and uh, having the wife mix the husband's cup, that's a um, that's very romantic. You know, that's a uh, that's avoided. And hatsasamita, making the bed, uh, spreading the sheets. That's like uh, here's the bed. No, we avoid that. Varchatz is Yadavragov and uh, washing his uh, the the wife drawing the water for the husband's bath. Uh, these types of things are all things that uh, are not done during that time of the month. The ilugabe But when we get to the laws of avelis, Tanya, we learned Even though if she's in mourning, it's really not right for him to force her to put on makeup. Elios kokelas, elios posekas. Uh, to uh, the uh, uh, during that time, she's she's mourning. She's not really worried about the way that she looks. But Amos Umro, but they said really she is allowed to mix his cup for him. I would see his amito and make his bed. Umarcus and draw his bath water. So our question is, what's the difference? These are rabbinic rules that prevent the husband and wife. Uh, from things that will lead them to intimacy. And just like we want to them to avoid intimacy during the time of the month where she's off limits, so why shouldn't the laws of mourning be identical? Where we want to prevent them from having in- intimacy during the time when they're mourning, where it's also forbidden. Is it that the laws of mourning are not so strict? So the Gemara says, well, maybe it depends on who's doing the mourning. Lokasha, kan bavelis dida, kan bavelis didu. It depends on whether it's his morning or her morning. Uh, if she's mourning, she won't be in the mood. So we don't need uh, to prevent her from uh, pouring the cup and uh, uh, making the bed. And uh, she'll tell him not now. Uh, she, you know, women have headache. the... Why well, I got a headache, right, that's right. Whereas uh, when he's mourning, uh, men have stronger desires in certain ways. Um, and they were more worried that... Uh, once he gets started, he'll the moment of passion, he won't be able to control himself as easily. That's what Gemara wants to say. So Gemara says, well, what do you mean? We're only talking about one, one side doing the morning. We said the, it, the, either the cost of the groom is morning or the bride. Gemara says, they're referring to the other things. But the things of endearment, we're, uh, uh, we're stricter on him than we are on her. And that's because, um, as we're saying, that he, for him it would be a challenge. Um, let's see. Um, is there any difference the way they both observe mourning? Didn't we learn the following? Now, this is an interesting halacha. What if, uh, I mean, a husband and wife are two halves, right? We always say the better half, right? Or the, the, they're, they're two halves. They, they, they become a unit. And they're supposed to observe things together. So what happens when only one is a mourner? So rabbinically, the other one is also supposed to do some mourning. Uh, it's also supposed to include himself. If a person loses their uh, mother-in-law, father-in-law, mother-in-law, he can't force the wife uh, to not mourn, even though uh, normally the wife's first obligation is to him, and he doesn't like the way she looks without makeup. That's tough. He's got to can't can't push her to do those types of things. And not only that, Kofa Mitaso, he flips his bed. He's supposed to, to observe that morning with her. 
and the same thing with her. If her, if her uh, mother-in-law, her father-in-law, mother-in-law, she should stop the makeup. So she turns over her bed. We don't do that today for the large part. Sometimes we sleep without a pillow or there are different things they do. So um, uh, this implies that they both keep the same same morning. Tani um, So the more explains. Uh, so that sounds like that they do both, uh, that both of them uh, keep a veilis. Um So the Gemara said, uh, when we say they keep a veilis, we're talking about Tanya um, by his, uh, uh, his veilis, we say, who Yashim Bein Anashim, Yishto Yishen Bein Anashim. When he's in mourning, they have to stay separate. See, when he's in mourning, she's not mourning. And you can't expect her to uh, to have a headache or whatever, or to be the one to refuse. And he normally should be mourning and not in the mood. But we 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 try to prevent him from having. There, there is maybe he wants to have comfort or might be in the mood in that way. But it's not appropriate during a veilus. He's got to sleep separate. I have a kinkatani. I it says also kinkatani akiko apirkas. That's on the makeup. It says they're together. My love, It does not mean they sleep in the same bed. The more it says, no, they sleep in the same house. As Revchia said to his son, um, This, um, well, uh, this begins the answer to our question. Our question was, um, we see that he's supposed to mourn just like her. And so if that's true, what do we mean uh, we only have the rules about sleeping separate for him and not for her. They're both supposed to be mourning. So now the Gemara says, This Avelis that the spouse does is just a public sign. In front of people, they do mourning. But if they're not in front of people, they don't do this Avelis. In other words, in the Shiva house, they sit next to each other or they do public mourning together. But privately, he's not mourning. It's just a, it's just a public sign that he's together with his wife in this. Uh, but he, uh, otherwise, he's not really mourning. Who's the Vela there? She is? Yeah. So it flipped on us. It flipped on us, right. Yeah. So we're concerned that when she's a Velis, even though publicly he's, he's enjoying... The, some people like Shiva platters, you know. He's eating the Shiva platter and he's, uh, he's uh, taking the comfort and schmoozing all the visitors and talking about his whoever passed away, but privately we're afraid that he uh, is not going to stand back from having relations, and so we say that uh, uh, they need separation. Rabbi Ashi, why? Does he say Kaddish for the wives on Yom Kippur? That's an interesting question. Uh, it doesn't say. It doesn't go into that. Uh, we, haven't, we haven't mentioned really the Kaddish part yet. Um, so far we're just talking about what happens um, in the Shiva house. Uh, but conceptually, there is this concept of him, of him sharing the morning, of, the, of the being a unit with them, uh, which is an important concept. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not 100% sure, but I think that he is allowed to say God is for her relatives if one of his parents have also passed away, but not if his parents are alive. Uh, I see. Okay. 
That's the uh, yeah. We'll get that's another another factor here. Yes. Okay. Yeah. That's someone who just said the notes bring down the Ritva, who says that we are not accustomed to observe the stringency today because the assumption is that the mourner absolves his or her spouse from granting that honor. So back in yesteryear, the other mm-hmm. spouse might have said Kaddish or done something, but they're saying that in more, more modern times, the Ritva, at least, is bringing that above around mm-hmm. 500, 600 years ago. Yeah. That uh, they don't mm-hmm. do that. Uh, Richard is bringing um, that apparently the. Uh, that which the spouse does the mourning, um, that's really they, uh, out of respect for the other mourner, they're required to, but it became the minig that they don't require, the, uh, the spouses are moichel each other. That, you know, you don't have to mourn because of me kind of thing. So that, that's the, um, okay. Rabashi Omar, mi kemedamas aveis tahachala veilis dialma. Can you compare... Uh, the morning over here during the Sheva Brachas to regular morning. People get it. You know, death is very, um, uh, it's, uh, it's not an easy thing. It's a very strict thing. It's a very important to respect uh, the deceased and uh, uh, life is never quite the same. Nobody's going to, why, why should a, a, uh, a person who's a good Jewish person ignore the laws of mourning and uh, having relations with the wife or do things. Uh, normally, we're not concerned about regular mourners um, uh, not keeping the laws. I mean, why shouldn't they? They're out of respect. They, they used to be even non-religious people kept the laws of mourning. In fact, there's a famous Shiloh. Somebody came and said uh, to Rabbi, said, you know, uh, that they heard that there's no availus on Shabbos, so can they go to work on Shabbos? Uh, yeah, uh, but they they wanted to do everything for their parents. They respected their parents, their Orthodox parents. They were going to do the morning one hundred percent, but they weren't religious, so they wanted to know if they. Uh, uh, so the question was whether you could lie to them and say, "Well, you know, the uh, their parents." Well, it's not lying to them. Your parents would really appreciate it now if you wouldn't work on Shabbat. But it wasn't the laws of mourning don't really apply on Shabbos. Uh, but uh, the people kept mourning. People get so, or at least they used to. I mean, now people uh, they they some people wanted to do abbreviated should do. I got to do it. That's like, what do you mean? This is a person's mother, they, the father. They gave them life. They don't. They can't take a week to you know to show respect. But uh, at any rate, so. Uh, the uh, that everybody gets. People normally wouldn't disrespect that morning. Avelis tahacha, but over here, they lost that relative, and what happens? They have relations with their bride, and they they understand that their mitzvah, the bride and groom have a mitzvah, the hoshana rishona, to celebrate uh, their new marriage, and uh, that becomes their mitzvah. And uh, it's not uh, it's not a little thing that it's very important for them to uh, and they see that that they have they they have relations the night of the wedding even though they lost that person and so they might think the morning is not such a big deal for them because it's not so real so specifically for bride and groom 
that are having wedding celebrations, it's hard for them to feel that it would be disrespectful for them to have intimacy uh, in their mourning because they don't feel like they're mourning. At the Shevard Brachos, they don't feel like they're going home in mourning. The Kibin Akira Ba'as loses it. What's the leniency? If you want to say the leniency is, well, we let them do it once. So maybe we should let them do it some more. That's what they're thinking. Well, the rabbis allowed me to do it. They said, go and go for it, right? So it can't be that you're really not allowed. There's more. So that's a big difference. That's because the morning didn't start. It's not because we can ignore the morning. It's that technically the official morning doesn't start. Why, when does the morning start? This is not the uh, the morning of the, the after night, the morning of a mourner, right? Uh-huh. When does that start? Uh, that's when they take the body out of the house. Uh, that's the that's when they when they go to the cemetery. It's not enough to go to the cemetery. They got to wait till they slam the uh, close the uh, the casket. So uh, the, the since neither one happened, they didn't go to the cemetery yet, and they didn't close the uh, the coffin. So uh, they didn't start mourning. But now that they started mourning, um, uh, why would anybody assume that they can ignore the laws? So Morris um, so um, he's referring to the fact that they celebrate Sheva Brachas. Ella, the Katani, knowing that they celebrate Shevra. So Omar Mar, Ubenkak, Ubenkak, but, uh, and we taught either way, Lo Yivu Lo Be'er Shabbos, that they shouldn't have uh, relations the first time on Friday night. Veloba Matzi Shabbos, they're not after Shabbos. So Bishleim Be'er Shabbos, Mishum Chabura. We understand that they can't get married the first time on a Friday. Uh, and have relations and cause wounding on bruising on Shabbos, so we understand that. Why can't people get? Why can't they get married on Matzi Shabbos and Milo? So we should stop here. But Super Sunday, Omer Zera, he says Mishum Cheshbonus. He said um, you can't have a wedding Matzi Shabbos and not be thinking about all the hundred million things you need to do at the wedding. In other words, uh, at the wedding, let's see Rashi. She, yeah, Shabbos. Yeah, Mosim Cheshbon. Sheim Yiknas the Matzah Shabbos. Yase Suda Belaila. You're going to be planning a meal at night. But Yakshu B'Shabbos Maud Sorek Lahotzi. You're going to be thinking, Oh, I got to do this. I got to do that. But see Vidabi Dafin. And you're not you're not supposed to like Shabbos be busy. But who can who can be having a wedding in two hours in an O and not be thinking about the wedding? And so therefore, uh, that's the best. That's better to avoid uh, the wedding then. Okay, we will stop here.